The Bible reading this morning is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 24. So if you've got your Bibles with you or you have them at home, please do open them up. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 24. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Thank you very much, Monica. I'm going to retrieve something that I've dropped on the way. That's quite a complicated reading, isn't it? And uh, Edward has mentioned that we're going to have this new series about the church for the next few weeks. Um, what does the Bible say about the church? Um, what are the different ways the Bible talks about the church? As he mentioned, it's very important today. We're living through troubled times. There's lots of change. And that sort of question, where do I belong? How am I supposed to think about myself in relation to other Christians? Very important questions, those. I said it's quite a difficult reading, that, so we're going to focus on just one verse from the Bible. I don't know if um, Simon can find us Matthew 1.21 for up on the screen again. This is what we had after our confession. Thank you, Simon. She will give birth to a son, that's speaking about Mary, you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, you might be saying, well, how? That doesn't even mention the church, does it? Well, everybody look at it again and see if you can find where that verse talks about the church. She'll give birth to a son. You ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Did anybody who's in church find where that's talking about church? Or do I have to turn to the curate? Well, it's in that little phrase, his people. I want to stick... Um, one word up. Actually, we could memorize that verse. Could we not memorize that verse? Do you think it would be a good verse to memorize? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. We all say it like that, have a reference before and after. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. 
And if we were very whizzy, like All Saints Kids TV, I'd now be able to block bits out of that, and you'd be able to test whether you're remembering it. We'll have it up one more time for you to read it out loud, and then we'll try it without it being up on the screen. Okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Jesus means God saves. So that's why it was a good name for somebody who was going to save his people from their sins. It's gone down. See if you can do it without the words up there. Always good to remember the reference. That's why we say it twice, because then if you do forget it, it's easy to look it up again, isn't it? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Now, I said I was speaking on just one verse. I'm really, if I'm honest, just speaking on one word. I'm going to put it up on my amazing screen, like that. That's the word I want you to remember. That's the description of the church we're focusing on today. Big, bright letters, so you can remember that one word, because it's not the way we normally think that Jesus started to save his people. We think the verse is something slightly different, that Jesus saves me from my sins. And of course, that is wonderfully true if I know and love and follow and trust Jesus. It's wonderfully true. He was born that first Christmas, and then 33 years later, he died on the cross, taking the punishment for all the bad things I've done so that I can be forgiven. He saves me from my sins. And I can know Jesus personally for myself. He can be the best friend ever for me. That's fantastic news, and it's absolutely true. So let me stick up one person on the board. And we're going to have to imagine that this person is me. It looks a little bit more athletic than I am, I will agree. It looks like somebody that's just in the middle of doing the Sawston fun run or something like that. But let's pretend it's me. The very first time I understood that Jesus came to save me from my sin, I was 16 years old, and I prayed a very simple prayer telling Jesus, I admit that I've sinned, I believe that you died for me on the cross, and now I come to you. Please come into my life, Jesus. And it was amazing. He saved me. And life hasn't ever been the same again. So that picture of me up there, you can tell I've got a spring in my step there. Now, I had to take that step myself. No one else could do it for me. But one thing I discovered very quickly was that any friend of Jesus was now a friend of mine. I was a friend of Jesus myself, and any other friend of Jesus was a friend of mine. He hadn't just saved me, he'd saved a people. So 
I'm going to put up a couple of other things on my board up here, just to make that point. Let's have... I love the way this is so difficult to do. It's a challenge every week that keeps me on my toes. Put an arrow because if I'm a friend of Jesus, he's joined me to a bigger group of people. In fact, I can actually put another bunch up in a second. The, the people that he's joined me to is bigger than I could ever have imagined. So let's have more people up on the board just to make that point. I don't know if younger people could begin to count how many there are. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, did you know that um, one of the great things about being a friend of Jesus is that I keep discovering other people who he's saved wherever I go in the world? It could be Singapore or Sydney or Shelford. It could be in Paris or Pittsburgh. Um, it's amazing to be part of that big crowd. The other reading we had spoke about God's people meeting at Mount Sinai in the Old Testament when God gave them the Ten Commandments. And the Bible calls that moment in the Old Testament the day of the church. Now, they were in the desert. There wasn't a building with a pointy roof anywhere around. Just God's people listening to God's word. That church was a people. And once Jesus came, it's still true, only I'm part of a bigger church now, which has its headquarters in heaven. That's the second bit of the reading said that. It's made up of all the people, dead and alive, who know Jesus. I don't know if anybody did manage to count how many stick people there are in my picture, but the Bible says that that church is a crowd which no one can count, of people from different countries, and languages, different colors, different cultures, all one in Christ Jesus. I said I wanted to focus on only one word in our verse. It's not quite true. I want to add an extra three letters. Let's revise the verse. If you've got the verse uh, in your memories, a bit of revision won't do us any harm. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So I'm going to add an extra three letters for you to think about, if I can. Or really, it's just one. I want to focus on that little word, his people. So I'm putting a J up there, just to remind us that we are Jesus' people. He is what we have in common. Church is not just people who enjoy being together and doing the same things. We like singing. Other people like Star Trek or stamp collecting. No, we are Jesus people. He will save his people from their sin. We belong to him. So church is not just my club. If it were just my club, we could opt in and out when we didn't feel like being members. It's not just my club. We're not my club. We are his people. So that is our topic for the next few weeks. What does it mean for us to be God's church, Jesus' people? 
And let me just say before I sit down, it means everything. It really does. I believe with all my heart that God wants All Saints to be the best family church, if I can describe it like that, we can be. The best family church or church family that we can be. We've got to be an outpost of Jesus' people in Little Shelford. That means that every friend of Jesus is a friend of mine, whether I'm young or old, male or female, married or single. We all belong together. So you ask the question, why is the local church important to you? I suppose lots of things I could say in answer to that question. Would you like to know more joy in your life? Well, the church, Jesus' people, is where you'll discover that. Would you like peace at home and peace in your heart? Would you like a better marriage? Would you like to develop in better work habits? Would you like to grow in Christian knowledge? All of those we will find together much better than we do on our own. So why is the local church, why should the local church be important to you? Well, because Jesus' plan is that we should belong together. He saved each one of us from our sins, and then he's put us together. And we might not have chosen each other, I suppose, but he has, and he has put us together in exactly the combination that he intends to do together things that we could never do if we were just Jesus' person on our own. We often talk about that in marriage and say that a husband and a wife have been put together to God to to be as a, a couple much more than they could ever be on their own. It's even more true in a church, of course. He's put us together in exactly the combination to make us into an outpost of his people here so that we can do together so much more than we could do on our own. We had that video about Jimmy's a moment ago. Lovely to see John Stanton's face on camera. Um, It occurs to me to say that actually Caroline Buse and Nicholas Buse were involved in those modular homes because of the work they do with the Howard group who were partly involved in setting up those. Just a little example of three members of our church Um, operating to serve Jesus Christ. What we do together, so much more than we can do on our own. Let me just ask, therefore, how are you going to give expression to the togetherness of being part of Jesus' people? How are you going to do that today? Maybe you're watching online. I wonder if the Zoomers could have a breakout group just so they can actually interact informally together with each other. I don't know if David Brock, who's leading that service, can engineer that at this stage. But find a way to interact with each other, even though you're in the comfort of your own homes, as it were. It might be a quick thank you to someone. It might be a phone call. It might, I suppose it's worth saying on Zoom, it might be, instead of saying, saying something to someone, it might be a matter of 
not saying something to someone so others have a chance to be involved. That's a little lesson about Zoom culture that I have to work on at times. Or maybe you're here in person, and of course, at the end of the service, we're supposed to bolt out the door and not spend a lot of time talking and mingling with each other. What are you going to do to express the togetherness of being part of God's people? Are you going to write a letter to someone that you need to be in touch with or drop a card to them? We'll find a way to do it, I'm sure, a way to say thank you to someone, maybe, for something they've done to encourage us. We are just ordinary people. There's no doubt about that. A very ordinary bunch of people at all saints. But we have an extraordinary Savior, Jesus Christ, who wants to do amazing things in us and through us. Let me just pray to him before I hand back to Edward. And we thank you for that wonderful rescue plan that you died, Lord Jesus, to save your people from their sins. And we thank you that you love to do that work of bringing people into your family, your people. And we pray that you would continue your work in us together. And then we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would reach other people and bring that wonderful rescue, that salvation to them. Help us to see how we can play our part in this. We pray it, Jesus, for the honor and glory of your name. Amen.